Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's Roxanne Derhodge of Authentic Living with Roxanne. This week, my special guest is Jason Cochran, and he and I had such a great conversation with so much information packed in that we decided to turn it into a two-part series. If you missed last week, you'll find the link in the show notes. It's not mandatory that you listen, but we want to make sure that you don't miss out on this amazing conversation. I would say that oftentimes... Most leaders, you know, are, are very, they're very driven. Um, they're one pointed. Um, they are very good at a certain subset. But sometimes what happens is they can put their feet to the fire at a different um, temperature that's a little bit higher because they compare it to the people they're leading. And what I find is that they, because they can trudge through so many things um, without thinking of themselves, that oftentimes a lot of uh, leaders end up coming to seek uh, coaching or executive coaching um, or any kind of support a little bit late. So I often talk a little bit about understanding earlier, um, what is my response? Okay, what parts am I in that window of tolerance of taking care of myself? Or am I always tipped out that my expectations are so high of others around me that I'm putting them under duress and I may not know it? So let's talk a little bit about awareness from a stress perspective. So with, uh, with leaders, um, what kind of things do you kind of uh, deal with with leaders in reference to stress that you find has been helpful um, to helping them with awareness? Yeah, I love what you shared that's going to be in your forthcoming book, and I can't wait to read it. But that idea of the stress signature uh, is brilliant, Roxanne, and Obviously, you know, with you being a psychotherapist and my background as a psychologist, I tend to think of things, old habits are, are hard to break. Mm-hmm. I tend to think in terms of antecedents, behavior, and consequences. Yeah. So what happens before a behavior, then you have the behavior, and then what happens after it? And a lot of the work we try and do is around the antecedents. So what are the things? What are the signals that you can tell? Some of them are biological. Like if you can train yourself to be present in the moment and you can actually feel your heart rate you know, starting to increase, that's a sign. That's a physiological response um, to stress. It's not always a bad thing, but Mm -hmm. certainly it's something that you want to be aware of that can then start triggering certain kinds of inner dialogue again, back to the inner dialogue of thoughts that you need to use to prime yourself for the situation that you're in so that you can handle it more appropriately. So recognizing some of those physiological signs, sweaty palms, Um, you know, things of that nature, I think are really important. But then after that is once you recognize the signals, then you got to have the the tools in your tool belt. Okay. I'm recognizing this about myself. Now, how am I going to engage with this person? And so obviously each person is going to be a little bit different for some who, who tend to be a little bit more, oh, this happened. I'm going to go right now and go solve this probably would be wise, you know, to take a little time you know, before something happens and to go interject yourself into the situation, take some time, 
you know, to do a little bit of research, some fact finding to understand it, because we definitely have worked with leaders that very much are, well, I'm going to go solve this right now. Mm -hmm. And so they'll quote unquote, grab the bull by the horns. And so even though it may not be something that necessarily pertains to them, they see the quickest way of dealing with it is for them to intervene and to do it. And that can often backfire because now you may have undercut potentially a manager or a supervisor who really should be the one empowered to handle that situation, potentially with an employee or vice versa, you know, if it's something an employee is coming to you with. So I think there's always that balance of recognizing your signals and then making sure you've got the tools in your toolbox. And that's where experts like you come in to really help is they need a wide array of skills. Obviously, you know, we could go on and on probably for an hour and a half today of, you know, brainstorming the different skills or things that we have have done with leaders to put in their toolbox. There's many of them. But I think the, the main point from that is every context can be or situation can be unique. And so the more tools that you have at your disposal, if we're training those leaders and equipping them with the skills to really be collaborative problem solvers, to think deeply on the situation before acting, then that's going to give you a higher probability of them pulling a plan together that's going to work for the parties involved and come to a successful resolution. And seldom do I see the impulsiveness of this happened, I'm going to go take care of it right now. There may be some situations that require that, like if it's a safety measure or something like that, but most decisions throughout the day or conflict or challenges that come up, the prudent approach is to use those self-awareness skills if you don't necessarily have them, enlisting support from a coach or a consultant um, that works on those things is absolutely critical. And then once you have those skills, start to use them to really collaboratively problem solve with your people because as we know, as therapists, you can't solve people's problems. Um, no, many people think that's what we do. And, and you know, when, right. they, when you start to say to them, you know, I can, here, let's play a game. I'm going to tell you exactly what to go out and do. And I'm going to write it out for you. And I'm going to sign it. And then you're going to go out and you're going to try it for a week. Maybe you kind of go, oh, second week, you're going to fall flat. And you're going to come back and you're going to be mad because it's framed in my space versus yours, right? And it's really about understanding of what, who, what, why, and when. Like, you know that stuff in reference to what the fit is for that person. And I think leaders as well, because leaders have, they're well-intentioned and they're you know, they're, they're driven and they get a lot done and, you know, those types of things. But I, even when working with uh, leaders in awareness, something as simple, and this is just a little strategy that I use with them is that they put alerts, I have them put alerts on their phone um, to cue them up to actually do something to stay present based on the they're the type that gets hyper or hypo. So hyper is just like it sounds. They get a little bit kind of, you know, uh, frenetic or hypo means that they get frozen. So throughout the day, this is something that I've done with a couple of CEOs I've been working with and they come back and they go, it can't be that simple. And then they try it and then they come back and they're like, wow. So I'll make them come up with something as silly as what's one of the songs that you, when, every time you listen to it, it brings you back you know, into a, like a happy place. And then they'll, you know, they'll tell me. So I say, okay, perfect. That's going to be one of your cues. Um, okay, so visually, 
so it maybe for me it would be an ocean all right so then you're gonna you know load that on the top of your phone and sight sound taste touch smell and i make them put those cues in with the um actual um alarms and they come back and they're like i can't believe it i i did more plus at the end of the day i had energy I had energy to go back, you know, to come home and, you know, take my boys to the park or, you know, to get out to have that swim or versus being completely depleted to the point where, you know, I still work the same amount of time, but because I took those little breaks to kind of stay present. Um, and I, I was, you know, had a lot, same things, balls in the air that I was, you know, oftentimes uh, the CEOs were shocked that, that they were experiencing because, but they hadn't thought about that. And it was very long. It could be two minutes. It could be, you know, something very simple. And, and then they kind of were present again, and then they could go on and be more productive. So again, it's that whole element of being mindful and being in the present so that you can kind of take that mental break, do something that replenishes you and go on again. Music is so powerful to do that. I, I definitely have songs that I play um, whenever I'm about to step into certain kinds of meetings to get my mindset right, right. and so I definitely right. fall in that category. And I think what's so cool about that too is even musicians themselves, um, you know, talk about having an alter ego that they step into before they hop mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. um, Beyonce, um, I think. Yeah, her, is it what, what's her uh, Sasha Fierce? And she, Sasha Fierce. Yeah, yeah, she said she came up with that, and when she gets on stage, she's in that persona. So I think when we think about being authentic, it's about could we all have these aspirations? I'm sure you, uh, Jason, or myself with my family, but we get driven. But then, you know, through the day, if you're not consistently taking those little breaks to, to do something to replenish, you know, then, uh, then we, we see a lot of, like you said, stress, which is positive, which is you stress. That's one thing that helps us get out of bed and achieve. But the other end is a short-term impact of, of stress, and, but then when we get into the longer term things where you see people like with short term disability or their incidental absences go in, that's showing you that your environment is kind of speaking back to you. That's saying there's more arbitrations, there's more sick days, your tracking of incidental absences are going up, that we need to do something. And that's where, you know, to your point, and I love, and my book is based on that as well, with, I have an assessment that all the authentic heart leadership skills, uh, the leader gets assessed on it. And then not only does the leader um, assess themselves, but their teams assess the leader. As, and then as the leader goes through the training, the team continues to kind of bench how the leader's doing. Uh, so oftentimes we kind of have metrics for employees, but why shouldn't it be um, both ways if we're really uh, creating change in reference to training? That's so true. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, candor is important when it comes to any of us developing and growing. We need honest feedback mm -hmm. and we need people to not hold back because they're worried about hurting feelings or things like that. And the only way we get there is by building trust with each other. And right. authentic leaders have that. And yeah. that's what helps them to continue to aspire and grow is because they're getting real feedback. Their people aren't afraid to step up and say, hey, as great as you are. Here's, here's some things that weren't handled very well from my perspective, mm -hmm. you know, over the last month. And those are the leaders that are going to get the feedback that's going to help them take the next step and take their company and organization and their people to the next level. Um, you know, psychological safety 
you know, just in terms of how important that is to have that. But even outside of business, we all need that in our lives. Mm-hmm. I remember um, the church we go to, our, our pastor, he now has um, a separate business. He does, he does some leadership consulting. And I remember one Sunday, he shared about the importance of having three to four mentors. He believes a constellation of mentors in your life for those different aspects or contexts of our lives. So he was talking about having a mentor, um, you know, someone that's within your family, doesn't necessarily have to be your spouse or your kids, but someone who gets the family context of your life that can give you feedback on, on how you're doing, how they perceive, you know, that you're mm-hmm. doing someone, you know, from the business world, someone in your friend world. And when you have that constellation of people that you can count on that aren't going to hold back and are going to be honest with you because they care about you, that really helps you to develop that self-awareness signal um, and and really understand how you're doing. I, I like the word you used, benchmark, to kind of benchmark yourself. How am I doing as a dad? How am I doing as a husband? Um, how am I doing as a leader in the organization? How am I doing as a friend? Um, and, you know, just getting those inputs, if, if you've put in the work to really cultivate those relationships with people, they're going to be honored to be asked to be a mentor. They'll say, absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll be happy to, to do that and to provide some feedback as best I can. And when he shared that, I thought that was a really unique way also that that concept of having a constellation of mentors for different aspects of your life. Um, and that's something that I'm working on. Um, I have some within my family and my friends, um, but I need to start working on more within the business um, aspect of things to help with that. Well, I, you know, one of the, I think one of the questions in the book is I ask uh, the, the leaders when they're finding out information, I say, take one of your children, obviously one of them that can understand that concept and ask them how they know when you're stressed versus not as so that they could get feedback from say, you know, one of their children, because that may be what you're mirroring at work, but oftentimes people may not, you know, feel safe enough to your point psychologically to say, Hey, you know, Roxanne, you know, when you're, you know, stressed, you seem to do this, this, or this, you're more quick or whatever. And it's, it's, it's that knowledge again, because you're the whole person and most, you know, I, I interviewed a couple of authentic leaders and the one parallel that I, I learned from them is that they said most of them were in service, meaning they were in service in some way in their life. And this particular uh, leader that I interviewed, he talked a little bit about being humbled because he said initially when he got into leadership, you know, he was, you know, yes, he had thoughts about what, what it was to be a good leader, but then he was a bit ego driven. And as he grew as a person and he was on a several uh, social organizations boards. Then he really started to realize the importance of that reflective mirror back to him, because when he was serving, he was in a different space to being the CEO. And he said, what he learned was that I really needed to recognize that I'm just like everybody else. I needed the same things. And I was not, in fact, there's not a strata and more, you know, shoulder to shoulder when I was like that from the, his personal life, when he was going out there into his community and making a difference. And he brought that back into his company. He said he saw the productivity of his company just go through the roof because then everybody felt like they were as important as he was, which he said it took a lot of his internal growth to get to that space. And then, um, you know, when the pandemic hit, 
he made 200 phone calls to every one of his employees to say, no, first of all, people were like freaking out because they thought, oh no, the CEO is calling me. And then he says, I just wanted to let you know, we're all in this together. Nobody will lose their jobs. We may have to adjust things accordingly. And I'm here if you never need anything, which what, what a powerful space to come from. So even his interviewing these leaders and talking to them about their steps of development was amazing. It was research that I was doing for my book, but it also helped me to reflect on my life and what kind of leader am I being in my life as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely that idea of service, you know, and servant leadership, that that's what gets people to, it's, it's their choice whether they're going to follow you or not. Um, you know, you, you can't force them. I mean, you can, but it's not going to work. Well. <laughs> right. Short term, right? Short term. Right. And then long term, you realize it's, it's kind of um, the people need to see that congruence between, you know, if I were to see, you know, here in Canada on the hockey rink versus in the boardroom, am I any different? Am I the same person? And, you know, we all need to feel like um, the person we're working with or for is, is kind of the same person in every um, space of their life. And that's, you know, with uh, a lot of the leaders that I work with, they're the ones that are really wanting to, to like you said, they're wanting to do better. They're wanting to learn. Um, some, some companies will come to me where there's been an issue. Um, and oftentimes, you know, there's need for education of that company on psychological safety first before they can do the authentic um, leadership uh, development. Because if you've got um, kind of pervasive themes of lack of safety, lack of trust, um, ineffective leadership practices, those types of things. You have to acknowledge them and, uh, you know, say, okay, this is how we're going to repair it. But you can't jump into, you know, um, I'm, I was inauthentic yesterday and guess what? Today we have every, you know, bell and whistles that authentic. That's like, you know, uh, shooting yourself in the foot quite figuratively. So I think with a lot of companies, they're recognized through the last, a uh, couple of years, what's happened is, unfortunately, um, by the pandemic, most people have had um, to learn that lesson, unfortunately, uh, the hard way. Um, so a lot of companies that were, th were th surviving maybe with unresolved issues, that was one thing, but the ones that really wanted, went to connection with those were the ones that uh, we've seen thriving. No doubt about it. The healthy business to connection uh, companies are the ones that are thriving in the pandemic. They're not losing sleep at night, wondering whether or not people are showing up to work. Mm -hmm. um, they, they know they are because they've already been pouring into them for years. They've spent the time creating a culture um, where people know that they're cared for, that they're able to speak up if there are certain things that need to change mm -hmm. and that there's follow through on those things. Um, you know, we talk so much about so many different variables that go into healthy business to employee relationships, but really at the end of the day, a lot of it's pretty simple, motivating things. People want a lot of freedom and the decisions mm -hmm. that they make. Yes. Um, they yes. want to be recognized and appreciated beyond just their paycheck and perks, but they need to hear it and it needs to be specific. And then, um, they also want some flexibility as well. Um, especially now, and I get that. Um, I'm blessed that I'm able to do that. I have four young, uh, four young boys here at home that are age seven and under. And, wow. you know, if I, you know, were somewhere else, I'd miss out on a lot of moments. Mm -hmm. Twins that just turned one, I wouldn't have been able to see them take their first steps, um, you know, here at home. And so, you know, those companies that already had been doing these things for several years, you know, are the ones that are navigating 
this storm really well. And certain industries, companies, you know, that didn't put in the time for those things, you know, now, now's the time. Um, yes, I know that you still feel like you're, you know, the ship might still be sinking in terms of people not showing up. Don't put it off another day. Whatever those things are that you've received from people saying, hey, we can help you. We can help you with your people strategy. Get started on it now. And yes, it might take some time before you start to see the results. But each day that you wait is making that day when things finally start to click be pushed out later and later and later. And we're just at a, at a point now in the labor market where people are figuring out what does work mean in my life? They're asking higher level questions than they used to. They're thinking about their life. They're dreaming again. Mm -hmm. What's the vision for my life? And does the current work that I do fit within that picture? Well, if they're working for a leader that, that they know cares about them and has created a healthy culture within the organization with everyone, they're more likely to stay, even if it's a job, maybe that they don't see themselves doing their whole life, they're probably likely to stay and continue making great contributions for longer than if it's one where they just feel like they're punching in and out and it's just, okay, I'm just putting one foot in front of the other each day. And that's not motivating. And all of that, the consistent theme is, as you mentioned, Roxanne is it's about the leadership. Mm -hmm. It starts at the top. I know everyone contributes to the culture, but if you don't have leadership leading, guiding, directing the way saying, you know, this is the, the way that we want our culture to be, that we want to have psychological safety. We're going to invest in it to make sure that we do it really well. Then it won't happen if leadership's not on board. And it's just interesting to me that we, we finally hit a point in human history, I think, where a lot of these things that seemed, oh, well, that's just a bunch of, you know, hippie baloney, you know, <laughs> or, or even automation, it seemed like science fiction for so long. And here we are right now where we need automation so that automation can help do certain jobs that people don't want to do. We need automation that can help people get more done with their jobs, the repetitive things, because more is being thrown on their plate because they're working more hours to try and keep up with productivity. We need healthy culture and people strategies. Now it's not just a bunch of, you know, hippie kind of stuff. But we need it because that's what your business needs. Your people are the most important aspect of your business and your employees are your first customer. If they aren't feeling good about the relationship they have with the organization and the people within it, then your customers aren't going to feel that way either. And so that's why these things are, are so important, I believe, right now. And authentic leadership is absolutely that cornerstone piece that has to be in place first before you start building and adding the other components to it. You've got to have those pieces. And that's why the work that you're doing right now is so critical and so important and that we get it right. And again, for those organizations, if you haven't started it, don't sweat it. Don't beat yourself up. Let that nice. go. Today's the day. It mm -hmm. matched up with Roxanne some other experts, you know, in the, in the area that may be close by to you that can help with this yes. because this has everything to do with the health and wellness of your people and the health and wellness of your business. It's that important. Absolutely. And it couldn't have been uh, 
better said. Now, Jason, I think you are right. You and I can probably talk for a very long time. So what I'd like you to do is to, you know, um, tell people if they're interested in understanding more about um, how to engage. Like you said, today is as perfect of a day. Um, and we're talking about snippets of uh, knowledge that can help. That's, um, you know, I know with uh, your company, that's something that you do. So let people know where they can get a hold of you if they wanted to consult to understand some of the things that you do further. Yeah, thank you, Roxane. Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is on LinkedIn. I love the platform. Um, I'm on there uh, many times throughout the day. Um, so feel free to send me a direct message, um, Jason Cochran. Um, with DoLead. And then you can check our company out at DoLead.com. That's D as in dog, U-L-E-A-D as in dog, um, dot com. And um, you can kind of see how we're trying to help lead the way in terms of automation with a lot of the people processes um, to keep things moving, the, the ingredients that help make a, a healthy culture. Thanks so much again for your time. So what am I walking away with? I'm walking away with the fact um, your first customers, your employees, if we keep that in mind, um, and we recognize that that, sh you know, shows us even more so as, as leaders that we need to be, uh, authentic within ourselves, the more aware we are, the more authentic we're able to kind of, uh, create the space around us. And then I, I say that everything takes care of itself. So if, if anyone listening would like to have a, a coaching call with me, please reach out. It's RoxyAndrewHodge.com. We can talk a little bit about some of the things that Jason and I talked about today for yourself and your teams. I would love to help out. So again, Jason, thanks so much. And for everyone, I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxannederhage.com slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.